Hello, people of the way. Blessings in Jesus. If you have your Bible, please open up to 3 John chapter 1, the book of 3 John chapter 1. We continue our study through the New Testament. Last week, we're about two years later from our study last week. Uh, last week was uh, 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 Second John, and we're about two years later in Third John, where it's like about 94 AD, and it's more personal because it's a letter written that Brother John, he writes to an individual. And so we begin our study here in Third John chapter 1, verse 1. The elder, this is Brother John, old man John, speaking of himself. He says, the elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Now, in the New Testament, and we see it a little bit in the Old Testament as well, but we see these letters of the apostles are written to churches and pastors and home fellowships and individuals. And I love how the Lord captures them in scripture. And the word becomes flesh. You see? And just like the prayers of Hannah captured in scripture, I mean, how in the world can a person's prayer, prayer, be captured in scripture? I mean, the only way is with the Lord. That's the only way. And it's so beautiful. The word became flesh and we beheld his glory. And this Gaius, you know, there, there are several men with the, this name Gaius in the New Testament. And there's a lot of debate, you know, that some people say, well, they're different people. There's, you know, Gaius over here, Gaius over there, Gaius over here, Gaius over there. And for me, I don't think there are as many Gaiuses as people think. I think, you know, several of the Gaius, they're one and the same. That's just me. And Brother John, he says in here in verse one to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Brother John loves him. In truth, he says in verse two, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Now, see, a lot of times people say you know, pastors, teachers, you know, seminaries, they say, well, there's a bunch of different Gaiuses, but I don't think so. Remember when, when brother John started walking with Jesus physically, we're talking, that's like late 20s AD. And now we're in 3 John and we're at least 60 years later. We're at least, you know, 61, 62, 63 years later, but we're at least 60 years later. So say, for example, John was 20 years old in the late 20s. Well, you add 60, he's pushing 80 now. I mean, he's old man. He's the, 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 the farewell dissertation of Brother Paul or, or, or uh, Brother John. He's, he's pushing 80. And then you take the Gaius that's in Acts chapter 19. And Acts chapter 19 is around 54 AD. Now, I don't know how old Gaius was in 54 AD, but in 94 AD, if this is the same Gaius that John is writing to, he's not a spring chicken anymore. You see, he's probably not as old as Brother John, but very likely in his golden years, we'll say, you see, and when you're old, conversation changes, <laughs> you know, you might think like, okay, what is he talking about here? Conversation changes as you get older, it changes. I, I remember a time when I had beautiful, beautiful conversations with a lovely, lovely, lovely old lady in the Lord. She was old. I mean, she was old in the flesh, but in the Lord, she was beautiful. And she would tell me about her hip pain. She has pain in her hips, you know, and we would pray together. And just with her and I, it was some of my most favorite, favorite moments in fellowship. 
And then what happened? She had a medical procedure. She had hip replacement. And in the course of time, she recovered. And it was so beautiful to talk with. It was always beautiful to talk with her. But this time it was like even more beautiful because she was like a young gal again. She would jump up, spin around, and she felt like a million bucks. And praise be to the Lord. But our conversations would be, you know, she would tell me about her health. You know, her sore hips and sore knees and, you know, we a lot of like her, her medication, you know. And we would pray and, you know, and, you know, her... Her, her, her teeth were different than her teeth when they were, you know, when she was 20, you know, like she, her body was fading. Her earth suit was fading. But inside of her, her soul, whew, breathtaking, breathtaking. This beautiful woman, she's since gone on to glory. But I can't wait to see her again. I can't wait to embrace her again. I might even take her, she got new, even newer hips now, and I might even take them for a spin. And we'll do a little waltz together. I can't wait to see her again. And so when we look at verse 2, when Brother John, when he's writing, he says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Now for me, when I read verse 2, I see an old man writing to another old man. That's how I read verse 2. That's how I see John and Gaius. An old man writing to another old man. Probably not as old. You know, an old man like, you know, maybe like a, an 80-year-old writing to a 70-year-old. That's, that's how I see both men have endured the times. Now, we've, you remember our study in Paul's letters and Peter's letters and James' letters. And for Peter and James, Peter and Paul, they, they, they've been martyred. They've been martyred. They're, in 94 AD, they've passed on to glory. But these two men, John and Gaius, they've endured. They've endured the times. They've endured tribulation. And old man John wants him to be in good health. You see? And it's passages like this, we have to be very careful because it's passages like this regarding health where some sects, they get pretty crazy. They get pretty crazy. And I speak of, you know, something similar to the Seventh-day Adventists and even the Seventh-day Adventists where they create doctrines about health, among other errors. That's why you don't see chubby people in Seventh-day Adventist churches. And if you do, they're new. They don't know yet those doctrines. You have to be very careful. Sometimes people get very uh, legalistic around health matters. You see it in some churches. But when you understand formula, you know what to look for. You know what to look for. You know what to be cautious of. You know what to stay away from. That's what happens when you know formula. And so old man John, he's, he's an old fellow. And I see this. This particular book, 3 John chapter 1, I see it as old man writing to another old man. And he continues, Brother John, he says in verse 3, For I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. Now with Gaius, he is no hypocrite. The truth is in him and he's walking in truth. And in verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. 
truth. One of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. It's like when Paul encourages the saints to fulfill his joy. He says, fulfill my joy. And you see John with that same heart. There's no greater joy than to know that you're in truth, that you're not just in truth and the truth is in you, but that you're walking in truth. You see, you're not all talk and no action. No, you're talk and action. You see, not being a hearer only, but also doers. And Brother John says, there's no greater joy than to know that you're in truth, but then also that you walk in truth. It's, it's just like the heart of Paul, Peter, James. Don't forget verse 3 where John says, you know, you walk in truth. And verse 4, I have no greater joy. Remember the phobia shared by these vessels of the Lord with Paul, Peter, James, John. They had a phobia for the saints. And the phobia pertains to very veiled, real threat, very, very real threats. Very real threat. Remember when Paul says, you know, I'm afraid for you because of the, 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 the ministers of righteousness. They present themselves as, as ministers of righteousness, but they're really servants of Satan. And Paul, he explains his phobia. He says, I'm afraid for you because these preacher guys are going to come in with another Jesus, another gospel, another spirit, and you might well put up with it. Very real phobia, very real threat. But it's a remnant that's unscathed. A remnant that is unscathed. Why? Because of obedience. Obedience to the truth of God's holy word. And he says here in verse 5, Beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers who have borne witness of your love before the church. If you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you will do well. Because they went forth for his name's sake, taking nothing from the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers for the truth. Now, we look at verse 5, 6, 7, and 8. And let's say, for example, you and me, you and me, let's say, for example, we're old. And say in this example, say we're roommates. And we have a place. And this place where we live, we're roommates. This place where we live, it's open to these workers for the truth, as Brother John puts it. Our place is open for these workers. And as a result, we become fellow workers for the truth. And our place where we're roommates, and what it is, it's a little safe house for these workers. It's a little safe house for them. And they go out in verse 7, what we read, they go out for his name's sake, for our Lord. They're doing the work of the ministry. And we become partakers in this work. And it's all in service unto Jesus. All in service unto our Lord. And say, for example, we, we're, we're, we're old and we're roomies and we have this place. It's a safe house for workers. And a worker like Paul comes and he enters our place and he introduces us to a guy that we've never met before. We say, hey, Paul, how you doing? We embrace and we love him. And how you doing, Paul? He says, oh, I'm good. He embraces us. He loves us. We love him. He says, let me introduce you to this little, this little chap, Timothy. 
Let me introduce you to little Timothy. And we don't know Timothy. He's a stranger to us. But he's with Paul. And Paul is a trustworthy worker for the truth. And so we receive little Timmy. We receive him too. You see? That's what we see encapsulated here in verse 5, 6, 7, 8 in this example. They wake up in the morning and we give them provisions for several days so that they have food for their journey. The very thing that we see in verse 6, we're sending them out in a manner worthy of God. In these verses, 5, 6, 7, 8, what we see is the body caring for the body. And we boil it down even further. What we see is the remnant caring for the remnant. Brother John, he continues here in verse 9. He says, I wrote to the church, but diotrophies, diotrophies, diotrophies. I've heard it pronounced either way. We'll say diotrophies. He says, I wrote to the church, but diotrophies. Who loves, to have the pre, who, who loves to have the preeminence among them does not receive us. Now, it's very important to understand formula. Because Vessel Paul, Brother Paul, he says to the saints, I'm jealous for you with godly jealousy. Because I have betrothed you to the better husband. But Diotrephes, he's different. He's no Paul. Diotrephes... He wants to have preeminence in the church. It's not godly jealousy where with Paul, he, there is betrothal to Jesus. With Diotrephes, it's wicked selfishness. For the sake of wanting to be first in the church, he likes the accolades of men in a superiority complex. And that's Diotrephes. He ain't no Paul. And in verse 10, Therefore, if I come, I will call to mind his deeds, which he does. Speaking of Diotrephes, who ain't no Paul, he ain't no John, he ain't no Peter, he ain't no James. Verse 10, therefore, if I come, I will call to mind his deeds, which he does, praying against us with malicious words. Now, this Diotrephes, he's very much like Alexander and Hymenaeus. And such people do great, great, great harm in the body. Great harm in the body. Paul, remember he wrote to us and he speaks against those who present themselves as ministers of righteousness when what they really are are servants of Satan. Notice what they present themselves as. Ministers of righteousness. Oh, look at me. I'm a pastor. Oh, look at me. I'm an elder. Oh, look at me. How are we able to discern? We have to know formula. Because really, they're servants of Satan. It just so happens, it just so happens, we studied this on Wednesday, the progeny of Belial. Go back and listen to our study through 1 Samuel chapter 2. You'll understand more. You'll understand a whole lot more. Because look, sure, they're priests. We got the priests. They're performing the duties. They got the sacrifice. They got the offering. They're doing all this. We got the high priest. We got his sons. Yeah, we got the priests, all right. But look at them. You see? Nothing new under the sun. This Diotrephes, he prays against the ministers of righteousness, the real ministers of righteousness. The real servants of the Lord, vessels of the Lord. And he comes against them with malicious words. Just, 
exactly like Alexander and Jimenez, who pulled saints away from Paul. All the saints in Asia left Paul. See? These disguised ministers of righteousness, what they do is they also speak against Paul. They also speak against John. They also speak against Peter. They also speak against James. And you must understand holy formula. You must understand formula and be a Berean. You must understand the formula. Look what John says about this diatrophies. He says in verse 10, and not content with that, he himself does not receive the brethren and forbids those who wish to, putting them out of the church. Understand, Diotrephes, he's disqualified for the work of the ministry. He lords over the people and he desires to be preeminent. You must, 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 must. You must understand formula. Because it will help you discern the Pauls and the Johns from the Diotrephes and the Alexanders. You will have discernment. This wickedness of these last days, it's spreading. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. And it's going to continue getting worse. It's called apostasy. It's a defection away from the truth. And there's something else happening with all lying wonders in accordance to the powerful working of Satan. It's a trap. It's what happens when there's no love of the truth. And that's what we see in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. When there's no love of the truth. But it's the remnant that loves the truth. Even when it hurts, it's the remnant that loves the truth. And the Lord sees. The Lord knows. Just, just like our study on Wednesday. You got the priesthood. You got the high priest and the two sons that are priests. And what happens in their home? Curse. Curse. What happens with beautiful, beautiful Hannah, beautiful, beautiful Samuel? Blessing. And we're not done with Samuel. We're going we're gonna to see what the Lord does in and through him. It's beautiful. We see cursing. We see blessing. Well, the Calvinists would say, well, God, God predestined you for cursing. God predestined you for blessing. No, no, no. Wrong formula. Wrong formula. The Lord is reactionary. He responds to obedience. He responds to disobedience. And he also responds to repentance. And if that is you and you choose to repent right here, right now and be clean before the Lord, I don't care how dirty you are. I don't care how dirty you are. You, are, you, might, you might be so loaded down with dirt and yuck and nasty that all I can see is like your little eyes. That's all I can see because there's just a mound of dirt and all I see is these little eyes. I don't care. You want to get clean? You want to be clean before the Lord? Hit pause. Listen to the message. How to commit your life to Christ. And you commit your life to Christ. Right here, right now, point blank. You come back, you listen, and we journey together. We grow together. We understand the scriptures together. And now... It's not just the little eyes with a mound of dirt that I see. Now I can see your beautiful eyes. I can see your face. 
You know, I can hold your hand, you could hold my hand, and we can journey together and walk. Praise be to the Lord. You must understand formula. We must understand formula. We must be Bereans. Because there's very real threats. Very, very, very real threats that surround us. But we need not be afraid. Because there's very, very real promises that we have by the Lord. You see? And Brother John, he says this in verse 11. He says, Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. He who does good is of God, but he who does evil has not seen God. Now, even in this one-on-one letter, it's old man John is writing to old man Gaius. And old man John is still exhorting, even warning. Now, it could be that John heard something in the life of Gaius and You know, he's just, you know, a little form of correction. It could be that John is just mentioning this as a just in case. But either way, I love it. I love it. Then we have to consider the heart of Gaius as well, because if he's becoming prideful, I mean, if if Gaius is becoming prideful and he, he reads verse 11, Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Imagine if Gaius were becoming prideful, how dare John insinuate that I'm imitating evil? How dare John insinuate that? What is he trying to say? But if the heart of Gaius is nice and soft, like the softest jello, if that's the heart of Gaius, he could read verse 11, Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. He who, who does good is of God, but he who does, does evil has not seen God. With a heart of jello, Gaius... So I'm so in love with John. Why? Because he's watching out for my soul. He's saying this because he's watching out for my soul. You see? He doesn't want me to imitate what is evil. He wants me to imitate what is good. And he doesn't just want me to imitate what is good. He wants me to do good. Because we're a people of the way. We're of the Lord. You see? Look at the heart. A hard heart? How dare John say that? A soft heart? Wow. I'm thankful John did say that. Because he's looking out for me. Not looking out for me in the flesh. I mean, there's a little element of that, but looking out for my soul so that we can be in paradise. You see? Demetrius in verse 12, Demetrius has a good testimony from all and from the truth itself. And we also bear witness and you know that our testimony is true. Now, it just so happens, it just so happens that there is another Demetrius in the Bible. It just so happens. It just so happens that this other mention of Demetrius is with another mention of one Gaius. And it's found in Acts chapter 19. Several decades prior to this present time in 94 AD in the era of 3 John chapter 1, And at the mention of this other Demetrius in Acts 19, this other Demetrius in Acts 19, he's an enemy of the cross. And at that time, there was a great commotion about the way. 
Brother John here in 3 John chapter 1, 94 AD. Is old man John referring to the same Demetrius? I'll give you the answer. I don't know. I don't know. But I hope so. I hope it's the same Demetrius. I hope it's the same Demetrius. And I hope that Demetrius became a believer. And this Demetrius here in 3 John chapter 1, I hope it's the same. You see? We'll find out. In our glorified bodies, we'll find out. In verse 13, I had many things to write, but I do not wish to write to you with pen and ink. But I hope to see you shortly. And we shall speak face to face. So beautiful. I love the fellowship of the saints. I'm so in love with, you know, we open up the Bible. We study the Bible. We read scripture. And I'm so in love with our family of faith. Hannah, I'm so in love with Hannah. Samuel, I'm so in love with Samuel. You see? It's so beautiful to see this. This is our family of faith, heirs of Abraham by faith in Jesus Christ and this fellowship of the saints, which we see in scripture and it's fellowship of the saints, which we experience to this day. It's the family of faith, heirs of Abraham, the remnant caring for the remnant. It's something that we not only have to bear in mind in these last days, but we must fight to keep it. Because we're under attack, majorly. And the attack is getting more intense. I say more intense, but as it stands right now, in, you know, middle or the early stages of 2023 AD, this is nothing. This is a walk in the park. And already we're taking casualties. See? Already we're taking casualties. Never forget the remnant caring for the remnant. Remember unity? It's not unity for the sake of unity. Remember 1 Samuel chapter 1? Not unity for the sake of unity. It's unity for the sake of purity. It's the wise virgin who keeps herself pure. And Brother John says, Peace to you. Our friends greet you. Greet the friends by name. And if I may be so bold, we're going to close our study the exact same way. Peace to you, my beloved. Our friends greet you. Greet the friends by name. To the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful people of the way. A remnant of these last days. God bless you. I love you.